The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. How does an eight-year-old make sense of a near-death experience? And what if that NDE contains frightening visions as well? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. To prepare him for an operation on his burst appendix, a nurse strapped eight-year-old Kenneth Leth to an operating table where he was sedated with ether. The year was 1963, about a month before the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, and Ken will tell you about that connection himself in just a minute. About the operation, Ken has written... I suddenly felt, be, I suddenly became aware of the root of my existence. It was like I said to myself, I think, therefore I am, and now I must go on. Somehow I knew that I was still alive, but I was in a very dark place. All of the events that put me in this very quiet place no longer mattered. I couldn't feel my body because I was separated from it. Eventually I became curious about my surroundings and slowly my vision returned. I discovered a long thread hanging down from my whitish, wispy existence. It led down to my body on the operating table. I couldn't move up or down because of it. And then I spied other wispy people. Well, here to tell you himself what he saw next is today's guest, Kenneth Leth. Ken, welcome to NDE Radio. And Ken, please pick up your story from where I left off. Oh, okay. Well, hi, Lee, and good morning, everyone. And um goodness, that's that's a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your introduction. <laughs> yes. Well, um okay, so I'm aware of my existence, um aware of the thread that keeps me from moving around. I felt kind of trapped, but I, I wasn't frightened. I was just wondering, you know, what is this and what's going on here? Um and then I did start seeing um, other wispy-like people, and they did resemble people, persons. Most of them were um, older, and um, they seemed to be very happy to be moving up, and uh, I noticed a lot of them seemed to be older. And um, there was an older fellow that stopped and asked me why I was still there, that why I w- he was concerned that I wasn't moving up, and I showed him that I couldn't, and he he tried to help me, but he just didn't feel good. So I understand now that moving up is to head up toward the light, um, toward the existence of God, toward heaven, and it's like we're pre-programmed to look for that. And uh, the moving up is something that we're supposed to do. We just somehow know that we have to do it. Yes. Um, during that during that time, I also witnessed something that I knew was on Earth, and, and it was um, a car accident, and it was very severe. And um, I heard a woman screaming, and I remember wishing that uh, I wished that somebody would help her uh, because she's screaming and she's so distraught. And she was screaming because she discovered members of her family um, in a vehicle that had uh, apparently died. Um, but I didn't feel the disruption of that like you would here on Earth. As an eight-year-old child, 
on earth, I would have been mortified to see that. But in that spiritual existence, it was just something. It was something I saw, but uh, I still felt no fear. But fear did come to me because um, as I realized I could not move any further, um, I started to look around my surroundings and I noticed that others were there that had noticed me and they were hiding in the shadows. And it was very clear to me that they could understand thoughts. And so when I started feeling, when I started having thoughts of uncertainty or I didn't know where I was or confusion, um, these other entities looked at it like it was a weakness and they drew closer. And uh, they were uh, evil. Um, they they had a mind to do, you know, terrible things to me if they could to torment and they did. And um, so they, they, what I remember distinctly was they could fly where I could not, and they would swoop down toward me like an attack and then hit me and then spin me around in circles, and the spinning made my confusion even more, uh, more so. And um, it wasn't fun. And at one point I remember calling out that I wish it would stop, and I believe the way I said it was, please, God, make them stop. And I remember crying and saying that somehow I was speaking words, but yet I was a spirit. And immediately they stopped. And there was silence and there was peace. And um, that's Ken, do you, I, su- do you suppose those were um, deceased humans, like confused ghosts, or were they more uh, fallen angels or demonic types I believe they were people they resembled uh, kids kids uh, wow yeah children children bad kids <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were kids that perhaps had lived uh, without any knowledge of, of God or had not been given any instruction they had um, the best way I can describe them, perhaps, is they existed in the absence of light. Mm. So it's possible that um, it's possible that they were demonic, and um, or demonic, I should say. But um, there was no talking. There was just laughter on their part. They were delighted that I was afraid. They thrived uh, on it. They were having fun with you. Yeah, they were having fun with me, and they yeah. could not exist in God's light. And I was in a very dark place where there was very little light. It was darker than dark. So they had full reign. It was their place. And I was stuck there. But until I said, please God, make them stop, they had the upper hand. And then suddenly I heard a voice from the distance calling out, like, hey there, I heard you. Where are you? You know, show me where you are. And I, I would, I would, you know, acknowledge, and I'm down here. And um, then all of a sudden, I, I saw this like entity, and there was like a, a white light that just started to grow stronger and stronger. And those things that were spinning me around and chuckling and laughing and having such delight, they disappeared immediately. They could not stay there. Mm. They could not exist in this light. And I believe. Uh, what came to me was an angel. And so there was discussion over, did you call out for God? 
And I said, yes. And I think the question was, do you know who God is? And I started explaining that as a child, I we had gone to church. I had experienced that and um, that we had gone to church quite often on Sundays, those kinds of things. It was my childlike understanding of God, and so I talked about the church a little bit. Um, and then I noticed as I spoke longer and as, as the meeting took took place and was going on longer, then this uh, angel began to began to glow better and better, so that I could see its form. And it was it was a man, a very pleasant man, and he had a very pleasant voice. Um, um, he wouldn't take any compliments, and he was there to protect me. And I knew that as long as he was there, I was safe. So um, he understood that I was stuck on a thread to my body, and uh, he saw that. He even looked down into the operating room. He he understood the situation completely. And uh, so he made the decision that uh, you need to keep moving up like the others. Somehow that was discussed. And um, he cut the string uh, that tied me, and uh, he put me into a bubble. He said, now you be safe. And then... He got he got called someplace else. It was like he was in communication with a higher level of of heaven. It was it was like when he was being spoken to from up above. I re- distinctly remember a, a yellowish, glowing, warm light. Um, and then he would talk. He would look upward and talk, and then there would be communication between them. And he was evidently told that he was expected to go to another place where he was needed and that I should just be sent on up. And so he did. It was, it was discussed what to do with me. It was, um, baffling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can continue if you wish. I, you know, oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay. So I'm in, I'm in this bubble and, um, I'm floating up and, um, I'm looking up above uh, the earth now, and I'm way up high up into the stars, and I, I recognize that I'm in the universe, and there's stars everywhere. Um, then I realized after a while, though, that the stars were moving, and they're moving along with me, and we were all moving up toward a huge tunnel that was circular, and it was like a whirlpool, and we were at the uh, big open end of it, and we were being sucked into it. And then we were getting pulled into the tunnel as it got more narrow. And uh, so all of the stars were actually spirits like myself. And we were being pulled up into this tunnel. And um, I could could hear voices of delight and surprise when they got into the tunnel. It was like it was an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. So I was happy to be there, too. I was comfortable. And once I got to the end of the tunnel, then... I floated free for a very short amount of time, and I came to what is very much like a, a cloud barrier, um, much like heaven is described, uh, you know, the clouds of heaven. Mm. And my bubble bounced off these clouds and would not go any further. And I sat there a very brief time, and then uh, something reached down through the cloud and uh, grabbed me by the shoulders and pulled me up. And I was suddenly standing in front of, of a man I didn't recognize. And uh, he looked to be like, I don't know, in his mid-twenties, 
maybe early 30s. He had he had uh, modern day looking pants. I mean, pants like I'd seen my father wear, and I distinctly remember a leather jacket. Um, I found out later that uh, we're pretty certain that he was my father's cousin um, who was killed in the Korean War, and um, that um, he would have been about 25. And um, he died uh, before I was born. I was born in 1955, mm-hmm. so this was 1963. So he'd been dead probably close to 10 years at least. So anyway, I didn't know him, but he was a very friendly guy and uh, happy-go-lucky and glad to have you here. And, well, we got some people we need to meet. Let's go on up over here. And he just kind of led me along and made sure I was okay. And then I, I came up to all these people that I didn't know, and they didn't know me either. And they were asking back and forth, well, who is this? Who are you? And lots of chatter. And somehow I mustered the strength to, to communicate, and I said, my name is Kenneth. I'm, I'm Kenneth Lett. And uh, they didn't seem to know me. So these older women were saying, well, who's your father? I said, my father's name was Lyle. And then it was like, oh, we know him. Mm-hmm. And then it was ex- it was explained to me that um, he was their grandchild. Lyle was oh. their grandchild. And that, um, so, yeah, they knew my dad. And then it was like a big celebration. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, At so, this time, so. you were still in the form of an eight-year-old, weren't you? Yeah, you know, when I tell my story to uh, an, a younger audience, uh, there's been some kids in my family, for example, they're still in grade school, that um, their parents have allowed them to read my story and and, uh, and to listen to me talk about it a little bit. And that's the one question the kids always seem to come up with, is what did you look like? Were you a ghost, or were you in human form, or what were you? Um all I can say is I was wispy like smoke, kind of whitish, yet I had a human form. It was almost like a, um, a photograph that you can see through, almost an x-ray, kind of like mm-hmm. that, only I, I had human form. I, I, I don't remember wearing clothes, but I'm almost certain I did, some form of clothing. Now, something else along that line, to jump back a minute, you said when you saw all those millions of stars and got closer to them, that it turned out they were actually spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were spirits like myself. So when we look at the stars in the sky, we think of, you know, inert matter or, you know, something like our sun without a without a soul to it. Are you see what's the relationship there? Did you just mistake them for stars, or were they really stars that are spirits? Well, that's hard to say. Um, I think I actually did see the galaxy because I recognized that I was above the Earth and going up. Okay. And and I full well expected to see stars once I got up there. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd learned about them in school, so I, maybe it would be better for me to say, or more clear for me to say, that as I got closer to the tunnel and I was drawn into it, I realized that there were other entities like myself headed in that direction, but they resembled a a bright star. I gotcha. Each one of us sort of glowed. 
Wow. So, so there you are now with your family, uh, getting to know each other. Yeah. And what happened then? Well, uh, I got introduced to a lot of people that had known my father, and there were a lot of them that were very eager to meet me. It's very friendly, very loving, uh, an absolutely fabulous situation to be in. Um, and there's no room for shyness, and there's no room about, there's no place to really wonder about what you're going to say, because it's all spoken from the heart and what you're feeling, and they know it. You don't necessarily have to speak what you're thinking and feeling. They sense it. And so I got a, a good grasp or a good sense of the um, generation that my great-grandmothers, both of them on my father's side, um, I got a good good sense of what their lives were like. And so I can I can almost feel the plaster walls, the um, the wood-burning stoves, the stovepipes, the mm. chickens in the yard, you know, that kind of life, the heavy clothing. It, it all just sort of came to me. I understood it. Um, and as a matter of fact, I live in an older house now, and it, it just feels right. But um, they they eventually told me that uh, somebody was coming to talk to me, and uh, somebody very special, and that I shouldn't be afraid. And um, there's a lot of female influence in my, my story. So it, uh, an entity or a woman uh, came to me, and she exuded even more love than my great-grandmother's. And um, it was so strong that it came to the point where I just recognized her as a mother, but a very powerful mother. But she wasn't introduced as a family member. Um, and she came from a generation that was way, 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 way back in history. Um, in fact, her clothing looked like like a, a potato sack, a very loose weave, weave type of clothing. Very mm-hmm. coarse, like the kind of stuff you would expect people to wear in ancient times. And uh, I I remember pointing out her haircut and how it was a little bit rough, where all the women that I've been standing with, you know, they all had their hair up on those old-fashioned buns or whatnot, but this woman had her hair roughly cut. And it was explained to me that she, she cut it with a knife. I do remember that, which is odd. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, she took me and said, um, I have something to show you, and... Um, so I went with her, and I was glad to be with her. And it's like as we got closer, her her love got better and warmer and more powerful. And there were points when I was I was transforming into like a baby, and she was holding me in her arms and cuddling me. And then there were times when I was just a little boy, and she led me by the hand. And and she explained to me that my family uh, goes very very far back in uh, history. That we have a Many, many generations of my family are already up there with me. And, and uh, she explained that she's going to show them to me. And she sort of waved her arm, and a, another type of tunnel or a, a cave opened up. And then I could see layers or levels going back, back, back in the tunnel, way back, multiple generations. Um, and at each level, there was some sort of wispy entity as myself, and it was explained that they were. Uh, members of my family and I saw couples you know like older couples rocking in rocking chairs and waving hello I I saw a a woman a single woman that was sweeping her back doorstep and it was explained to me that she never married I'm not real sure who she was 
that um, family members going way, way, way back, and some of them waved, and they knew who I was, and they are happy to see me. In fact, I got the impression as we give birth to more generations, um, our families that we're connected to up there move back closer toward the light of God. It's kind of like a ladder. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but is um, at the end of the tunnel, I saw a very bright light at the very, very far end, an extremely bright light. And then uh, this woman that I called uh, Mother, uh, she told me that, um, and she said, look, look here, it's coming here to greet you. And, you know, this part is really vague. I don't know if she actually introduced to me what this light was. Part of me says that I was told that you might know him as my son, this is Jesus. But what I saw was just a bright light. And I can't be positive, and I can't absolutely say that I was introduced to Jesus. It just, I'm sorry, the memory just isn't that solid. But what I do know is that that bright light came to me, that ball of energy, and it was very pure, very powerful, and um, it took me up into it. And um, I was completely torn apart down to the molecule and put back together is the only way I can describe it. I was complete, yet I was completely taken apart at the same time. Um, the love was that powerful. It, it so you, lo- you lost the integrity of your of yourself in the in the light. In other words, did you merge with the light? Would you say? Yeah. Yet I was separate. It was in control, but um, it it did that. I guess to know every part of me. There were no, there was nothing to hide. It knew everything. Wow. It was just all there on display. And so I, I, then I got to see visions of what my life had been up until that point. And, um, I saw my own birth. There was a problem with my birth and information on that came out there. That might be for another story or another session. But, um, I saw my own birth and there was problems with it. Um, and then, Oh, let's see. Oh, help me, Lee. I'm kind of having a brain stutter. Where would you like me to go from here? <laughs> well, you had you got this history of your family, and um, and let's see, and then you encountered the light, and right. uh, and then the uh, like a life review. What many people who've had NDEs describe. Of course, there's not a whole lot to go over when you're when you're that young, but. You had an incident where you you felt guilty, I think, about um, hitting your brother. Oh yeah, that. Well, this is you know the thing I'd like to point out is it really bothers me back here on Earth when um, I hear religious leaders start talking about guilt and shame and and all these things and we should be pleading for mercy from God and all that. Boy, does that get old? Because mm. it didn't. I didn't. I didn't get it like that when I was up there. I had. To, I was. It was pointed out that I definitely did something wrong, and that was one time I was playing with my brother, um, and my brother and I never did really get along. We're like the sun and the moon. Our personalities were so different. But he, I got angry with him to the point that I took a, a toy baseball bat and I whacked him over the head, and he cried, and uh, it was there, and it was shown, and uh, mother pointed out to me that um, you do not do that to your fellow human beings. You do not do that to your brothers and sisters. You do not do that to anyone, ever. You do not hurt people. That is the 
way. Um, and I, I was very, I felt very chastised. I was like, oh, yes, mother, I totally understand. It will never happen again. And, and it hasn't. If I've hurt somebody throughout my life, it's been completely by accident. Um, from that point forward, I, I'm, I'm really slow to anger and I do not communicate with my fist. Never. So. And then um, I think you, you also mentioned, uh, playing with your grandfather. Grand, oh, yeah. Grandpa was, Steve? One, yeah, one of my visions. Yeah, um, my family had this thing of getting together all the time, and it'd be like for coffee or whatever, just to visit and chat. They just loved to do that, and there were uh, a lot of people in my family, so and this would be my mother's side. But I saw a vision. I was a toddler, and uh, Mom was holding me in her arms, and we were at the kitchen table, and it was surrounded by family members, um, my mother's parents. And then they had, I see, I have an aunt that's only a couple of years older than me, so they had kids still. Um, they were there too. And so, I don't know, I, I started playing a game with my grandfather. He loved to play with kids. So, um, I stuck my hand out. Mom held me in safety, but I stuck my arm out in my hand and got it close to my grandpa Steve. And then he started animating and acting like he was going to swallow my fingers. He was going to bite them off. He made a funny munching sound and, and um, squealed with delight. And then I turned away to the safety of my mother. And then, then sure enough, I turned my hand out again, and I sn- tried to sneak up to Grandpa Steve, and he acted like he wasn't looking. And then pretty soon he snarled and turned, and my fingers were on his lips, and he was acting like he's munching. And I was laughing, and everyone was laughing. And we re- relived that moment. And those... Those are the kind of things that I believe are really up, important up in heaven. Those are the kinds of things that were really acknowledged as good things in my life. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. That Just communication that. between friends and family members that are friends bringing you really close together. Fun, delight, you know, and the simple things in life. Yeah, those mean the most. Mm-hmm. So. Um. You had a vision of the Bible, I think was the, the next thing that you had written about. I did. Um, I had a vision of the Bible. I don't recall what part of the near-death place, because there, I know there were times when I was shown things, like an incredible amount of information was coming my way, and it was really difficult to decipher which was more important. But I do remember one specific time where I was shown the Bible and I believe it was because I had talked about being involved in Christianity. I, I was told that the Bible has been misinterpreted and misunderstood, uh, abused, and is actually the cause of a lot of uh, anger and, and strife on earth. And a lot of it has to do for interpretations that we take uh, for political reasons. Mm-hmm. Um we all, as humanity, we just need to kind of sit back and just ask ourselves, are all these rituals and all these things that we've developed over thousands of years based on this old Bible, does all this that we're doing really please God? Does God really want us to do all these things? Because we, we really do surround ourselves with a lot of complicated rituals and beliefs and interpretations. Um, it, it really bothers me when... when uh, there's people, again, 
I don't have a lot of respect for um, religious leaders who are outspoken and seem to be trying to punish or direct punishment towards humanity all the time, trying to direct how we think, how we live, and what God wants. And they're so far away from it all. The, the message that they're giving is based more on fear and restriction and, and uh, guilt. There's none of that in heaven. And I really wish that people down here here on earth would just knock it off. It doesn't do us any good. No, and, you're uh, absolutely right. Ken, um, I think we're going to have to continue uh, to the next program with this because uh, there's we're not really beginning... We're not halfway through <laughs> your story. So if if you're willing to, I'd love to have you come back uh, next week and um, and we'll talk some more. Oh, next week? Sound okay. all... all right, we'll sure. we'll we'll set it up at, we'll set it up for a specific time. Um, and my thanks to Ken Leith uh, for sharing his profoundly fascinating NDE with us and the story of how it has affected his life and we will continue this uh on the next program, God willing. If you'd like to listen to this show again or any other of our previous programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANDS, please visit that website at iands.org. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.